Forward Podcast, yeah. It's pretty exciting, a little dramatic. Speaking of drama, here comes the big week, man. Are you ready for Lipa FC? Installment number like 345, but before we get into that... Russian sailors dance. That's the music here. I wonder if Russian sailors go are. <laughs> never knew. I've never met a Russian sailor, I don't think, anyway. They did date a couple of women back in Africa about it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Man, what a week. Going back to last Tuesday, right? <sighs> Crazy win for Lou City. We didn't cover that last week. We'll cover it this week with Joey. And, uh, that draw... In, in stifling heat again, man. Does it does it ever get cooler in Oklahoma? <laughs> Tough news out of the racing match in Orlando this week with Nadia. Man, that sucks. Such an inspirational person. And uh, hopefully she'll get better soon. And then... Uh, Greg Berhalter. <laughs> man, they pulled out a huge win. Well, it's huge. 4-1 against a team they're supposed to beat. But still, the way it went down was so crazy. Uh, makes you want to dance like a Russian sailor. I don't think Russian... Maybe they do dance to that. Flutes and clarinets and triangles. <laughs> anyway, man. Why don't we get after this? Yeah. Getting ready for Lipa FC. This weekend. Looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Joseph Valla. I am a member of the Groove Machine. Also have sung the national anthem for you a couple of times. And this is the Center Forward Podcast, our eighth episode already, which is pretty awesome. Uh, covering all of Louisville soccer, Louisville City, and uh, racing Louisville. Hopefully soon some local stuff. Too. I keep saying that, but there's just not a whole lot of local stuff going on yet, but we will do it. Um, also, uh, the men's and women's national teams, anything pertinent to the soccer situation here in Louisville, we try to cover, uh, we even talk about MLS for about five seconds <laughs> and, uh, uh, thank you for listening. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm getting a lot of great feedback, a lot of downloads. Uh, we're going to have Joey and Ken again today. Uh, appreciate their contribution to this. And it's going to be a pretty interesting show today. Like we said, we're going to be talking about Louisville. We're going to be talking about racing Louisville. We're going to be talking about the men's team. Uh, and it's Lipa FC week, so let's go after it now. Okay, so why don't we just get right into it? A little five things pertaining to everything that happened last week, and there is a lot. I'm going to try and pace myself so I don't get done too quick. It's all about timing. Here we go. <laughs> Number five, Road Warriors. Man, a, a win on the road in Hartford for Lou City, and then a, a draw in some very difficult conditions. A rather unsatisfying draw, but still, it's a point on the road in really hot weather, man. This is not easy to do. And, and look, if we're going to take points on the road in this stretch, let's take them. Whatever they are, we're in good shape uh, competitively. We're, we're still a top in our, in our division. I, I think we're still pretty close. I think about three or four points out of the top position. So, hey. Let's keep going. Good for them. Number two, or number four, ouch. Nadia Nadim injury sucks. Um, she is such an inspiration, and she's such a, 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 a wonderful player, but just, you know, everything she does, her personality, her, her energy, her, her, her leadership, it's so great to have someone like that here, 
And man, I just hope she can pull through. I really do. Uh, we're wishing her the very, very best, and hopefully we'll see her very soon. Number three, I'm going to cuss. Be ready. What in the absolute fuck was that? <laughs> the first half setup of Greg Berhalter in the, the United States men's national team. I, I, I was speechless. I'm still speechless. You know, Joey and I are going to go over that. It, it, it's just, I mean, I know we won. That's great. And, and it's, you know, we're going to have to do that. But golly. Uh, how about number two? The greatest rivalry in sports is back. Lipa FC this weekend. Man, it's fun. I love the parody of the rivalry so much. It, and it, it's so enjoyable when you see people posting things. I'm actually going to put something on here. I'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, we have an old interview. <laughs> Just great. Uh, with a good buddy of mine. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Indy's having a rough time right now. So uh, let's let's keep them having a rough time. And you know what's last? Last but not least, number one. Man, I miss you. I hate it when we don't have any matches. You know, everything was on the road. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, October. We still got a couple weeks before we have a, a loose city match. But we also have, you know, racing's going to be here for a couple weeks, which would be good to see them again. Hopefully get off the snide a little bit because that was a pretty tough uh Pretty tough uh, loss in Orlando. But you know what? I miss you guys. Hopefully you miss each other. And, and, you know, this has become such a big part of a lot of our lives that we just want to make sure that we get to it. You know, those games. And get to these pauses. I love dramatic pauses. But I don't love drama, which is NWSL Twitter. Talk about that a little bit, too. Golly, folks. Have more fun. There it is, folks. Five things. Uh. Oh, yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. Now let's get on with it. Okay, and to help us out with all of the analysis of all these games, we have Joey Cecil back again. Joey, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, sir. How about yourself? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just got a job offer a little bit ago, and I'm uh, I'm working that out. <laughs> so, good good luck and God bless. Good yeah, man. Thanks a lot. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's a I, I have a couple of big changes, but maybe. Maybe we can work things out. I have no idea. Anyway, here we go. We're going to talk about the Racing Orlando game first. Sure. Um, I guess uh, the big news out of it really wasn't even the loss, was it? No. It's the Nadia Nadim reported ACL tear. Man, oh, man. And, um, and, not even just, and not even late in the game either, you know? Yeah, it was pretty early. And, just, and at that point, you're just, you know what? Let's just go ahead. Can we sim this game? Just <laughs> yeah, get on out of here. And it might have been better. But you know what? The team had a tremendous response. Yes, they did. The 15 minutes afterwards, they looked phenomenal. They really, really looked good. I still don't know how we did not score in the 16th and 18th minutes. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of those hit the post. The other, we had an open shot on goal that was knocked off the line. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder, like, what could have been. Right, right. Because then Orlando responds with just two laughable goals. Yeah. Um, you know, how did no one shut down Sidney LaRue yeah. on the first goal? Yeah. But you could also, I did see there was an offside shout there. Oh, okay. you know, whether She was or not, because she right. was, she had stayed in the box. And whether or not one of our players played her on or not, well, it doesn't matter. Well, this, could be, nothing. this could be a good part to, a point or moment to mention the, uh, the coverage from Paramount Plus. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I can't say I'm a huge fan. I, I, I mean, there's there's something to be said for investing 
to increase oh, the yeah. quality of the of the of the uh, of the uh, show so more people watch it because man I don't know I'm not a huge fan of their coverage I'm just not no and at this point it's all we got though yeah. you know we're stuck with it yeah we are and and speaking of not a fan of coverage I was not a fan of our coverage on the second goal <laughs> well that done. was just laughable too I yeah, mean it was hard. the toe poke we tried to get out from across the line and then Marta just has probably one of her easiest goals ever yeah. just taps it in and another again there was another out, offside shout there but I hate when when we have those notes about an offside shout because the scoreline still says two nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but you I, know, but as much as it could have been, like could have just been two two at the half. Right. Could have easily been two That's two right. at the half. Absolutely, those th- they had they had such a nice run. Um, and and going back to the Nadia injury, there's yeah. been some there's been some some chatter about the aggressiveness of Orlando. Yeah, and I don't know what I've looked at it like five, six times. All right, it's there's a foul there. Yeah, but man, I don't. I it certainly wasn't intentional. I I, I didn't see anything intentional. Did I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is the way this girl plays. It's just, it's just a bad injury. It's just a bad it injury. Is. A bad time. You know. But I also hate those phrases. This is what happens in sports. Right, because it doesn't happen every day, though. You're right. That's that's fair. And it doesn't happen to your possible "quote unquote" best player right. every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just hate that phrase. It's a terrible thing that happened. Yeah. You know, we could go back and forth for the rest of this podcast over whether it should have been yeah. red card, yellow card, right. no call. Right. Right. You know. Right. right. It just and sucks it's just, that it happened. It doesn't, and it doesn't take the pain away anymore. I agree. And that's and that's for us. No, yeah. no, 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 no idea what Nadia is going through right now. Of course. You know, on the verge of a call up too. Right, and she's thirty three, I believe. Yeah, man, that's you know the older you get, the tougher it is to bounce is, back from the. But but, uh, uh, but but you know the people reporting who first reported the ACL tear were also saying she has got her sights set on Euro twenty twenty two. Awesome. So she is already trying to push past this. Well, let's, I hope I hope for her she does. I hope for our team it does. Um, and, and then and you know and and, and I think we did though because we had that great response after she yep. went off. Mm-hmm. We clawed a goal back in the second half. Another great great goal uh, by Kaiser. When right. we're when we're down, a great Yuki assist. Mm-hmm. But then, Alex Morgan iced the game. Yeah, man. Well, she was on for what twenty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And it's just it was just once again a laughable goal given yeah. up. Yeah. You know our back line is an affront to Swiss cheese. They're <laughs> they're mad at how many holes we have on our back line. Oh man. Our yeah. back line would let a deflated balloon fly away. <laughs> Joe's bringing I, I the yucks. To, I have <laughs> to laugh good. at this point because that's all you can do. I know. You got to do something different at some point, right? You know, right. I get Mario's made some subtle changes. You know, mm-hmm. Emily's been playing on the right, Emily Fox, right? But it's the heart of our back line, and our just our total unit has not played up to par. No, they haven't. And it's something's got to change. And you can't just keep running out usual suspects and expecting things to get better. I agree. I agree. It's just I, I'm wondering. You know, if this is something that, I mean, tactically, you you could try a couple things, but, yeah, you know, we've got who we've got through the end of yeah. the year. The, the last thing I really want to touch on about this game and them is that, you know, there are, there's a core of about five or six players you can really build with. You know, Nadia, when she comes back, will be one of them. But, I mean, there is a core of a few players that you get past this first year, the expansion year. I think the, the, the core players, you talk about Kaiser, you know, I mean, yeah. great, great effort. I mean, she is really impressive. You know, Fox... I think Matthews when she's 100% because, you know, she's still, I think she's still even trying to come back from whatever she was coming back from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess McCaskill and a couple other players, this is the core of a team. 
yeah, that can be competitive in this but league. It's 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 one of the problems we've had all year, though. We got the attack, but it doesn't matter how many goals you score if you're giving up twice giving as up many. Twice as many. You're right, but you're right. So it's something to figure out. It's something that if we're gonna and not analyze the rest of the year as the front office staff, right? It's taking a long, hard look at that back line and who you keep. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's all. I, I don't have much else to say about that game except hopefully Nadia comes back strong, and, and I wish her the best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to move on. Now, we didn't get a chance to do the – there's actually two loose City games because we had already done the show, recorded it before the Hartford game last Tuesday Correct. night, which is the weirdest night in the world for a soccer match. Correct. But that was uh, that was interesting, and uh, it was nice to see four goals get scored, that's for sure. Yes. You know, we ran out a strong attacking lineup. We yeah, only started two we saw true that. midfielders. That's what I said. It was only like... Paulo and Gibson. <laughs> like, you know? if, if there's a goal drop, they're trying to break it. I remember saying that oh, online. Yeah. Oh and, uh, it, and you know, the opening goal, it never gets old. Brian Ownby to Cameron Lancaster. Yes, sir. And, and I love a good goal through the goalie's legs. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good five hole. <laughs> five hole. There's nothing wrong with that. I love a good five hole. And oh, then, then you had that Jorge got the poacher's goal. Yep. And he needed that after a rough couple, couple of games. games. Yep. Absolutely. But then it just got, and speaking of rough, then we just happened to give up a two Oh lead. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, man. and the, the first goal was just unmarked. Just yeah. nobody there. And then I just, this guy's been having a, a, a uncharacteristic year. Toach got beat yeah, on sure. the second one. Love him, but yeah, it was a couple of. He's years. having, he's had a very uncharacteristic year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we go half 2 2, mm-hmm. and we come out, and I don't know what they drink at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> if it was the magic water from Space Jam or something, but uh, Cam almost scored another. Olympico, yes, upper ninety woodwork, and nobody saw it. I mean, I, I didn't notice it until five seconds afterward because it, it was silent, right? Nobody was saying anything. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, I think he just hit the frame, <laughs> and he did. That's and then, think, and then you know, Captain Beard comes to save the day. Yes, Ownby just somehow gets that header back across goal and goes in. There's one player. And, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and then just you know, arguably besides Cam's Olympico, maybe our goal of the season. By Antoine Hopeno. Yeah, man. Oh, that was a beauty. That was a beauty. Taking the run, on three people and the run. The and run the, and the curling finish. Yes. Oh, it was just beautiful. It was great to see him get that because he's put a lot of effort in this year. He really yes. has. This road trip, he has, I'm going to say he's probably been our most consistent and best attacking player. Totally agree. Totally uh, he agree. hasn't had the stats to back it up but on that goal, mm-hmm. but he has been on a tear. Yeah, and then defensively, second half, I mean, talk about lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it was was just a fantastic second half as a whole. Yeah. Come out, get your two goals, and never let them sniff a chance to come back. Exactly. It was a very comfortable second half. It was great to see. Ombi, I can't imagine this team without Ombi on this team. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's he's become one of those mythical figures within Louisville City. Yep. You know? Uh, he's become that 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 guy. You know, we're known for Brian Ombi, Cameron Lancaster, Niall McCabe. Yep, that's that's the pantheon there. Yes, sir. And it's it was great to see him. You know, it's great to see him healthy for a consistent period of time because that's always yeah. been a big problem with him. Always been his bugaboo. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. But I mean, that was that was a, a, a that was a convincing effort that made you look forward to the game that was played yesterday. We we're recording this on Monday. The game that was played yesterday. Yep. Uh, okay. See. Yes, sir. And we we decided to watch what we did at Hartford and flip it 180 degrees. <laughs> we had no attack in our lineup. Yeah. 
Um, and it was very odd, though, that we, we, we ran that lineup out there mm-hmm. when we struggled to score there last time. Yeah. You know, against a side that's going to bunker, that's going to commit yep. bodies back. Mm-hmm. Not forward, back. Back. And we even ran out a different formation. We ran a 3-5-2 with seven changes. Yeah, it was weird. Which, that's how you know you're in the dog days of September when mm-hmm. George Davis the fourth gets, gets a, a start, start at right wing back. I know that's what I said too. That's how you know. That's how you know we're we're we're, we're hitting the, that, that rough stretch of games. Yes, sir. Um, and it starts with man, I hate a handball in the box yeah. when it's unintentional mm-hmm. because it can go either way, and yeah. that's what happened to Louisville City. I think it should have been a call. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think we should have gotten gotten a penalty for it. I I I mean I understand that it was unintentional that he didn't see it. But, but it's on the way to the goal. Yes, it was on its way to go. It, it impeded the it impeded the ball from going in, in the path that it was going in. And in, by in, the letter of the law, that is yeah. a foul in the box and a penalty. But and, and to be fair, if it had happened to us, I'd probably say the same thing. I, yeah, I, you know, it just I was a little confused. It, takes, by it that. takes me back to Mark McKenzie's handball against Mexico. Okay, <laughs> and I go, I go, I go. By the letter of the law, that's a penalty. I don't want it to be, but it is. But it is, you know, and mm. then. Then things only got worse from there in, in, in the short time forward where our back line looked like they had feet in concrete. Yeah. When we gave up that goal. It was muddy. Uh, it was just just so many people around the guy who scored. So we got we got muddy legs and we've got concrete feet. And that sounds like a mafia reference. <laughs> oh, I mean, and. and we kind of did sleep how, with the fishes at that yeah, one With point. how ugly this game got, it, I, you know, we could have used some mafia hitmen. Yeah. Especially in the second half. But before we got to the second half, we had that deserved goal at the end of the first. Yes, we did, man. You know, where we just, something very odd was uh, we were really attacking down that right side. Mm-hmm. With Jogo on the field, that didn't seem like something we would do. But I guess that was part of our tactic was right. we kept running that ball down the right. We finally got a ball into the box and mm-hmm. Paulo was able to steer it home. And I thought that was a potentially killer goal yeah. just at the death of halftime. Against an OKC team that is desperate for a win and must have thought we're just going to get into half, keep frustrating them in the second half, and boom, now we're tied up 1-1 and we get to a second half that was just as nondescript and hard to watch as the first game we played them at OKC. Yeah, it was a pretty – it was – it was, it was. I don't want to use the word bogged down. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a word that's proper. It was just – it, la- it was languished. Yeah, oh. yeah, it just it went just, on. You could tell it's because we were in that heat, we were on that turf. Yeah. Legs got legs got heavy. Yep. No one was really pushing the pace. Uh, as much as the announcers kept saying, we can't wait for this game to open up. Yeah. It's like, I'm still waiting. It's really? Tuesday at 2 o'clock, and I'm still waiting for the game to open up. Yeah. Sorry, Monday at 2 o'clock. I'm still mm-hmm. waiting for it to open up. I think that they, um, you know, they, they, they did create some opportunities. Um, they, you know, okay, see, I was a little, I was, I thought for a team that was desperate to, for a win in the second half, Really looked kind of awful. I, I, I was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that we didn't. Oh, yeah. do, we didn't perform a hundred percent, but I think we were much closer to a hundred percent than they no. were. I mean, we had the just, better oh. chance. We had the much better chances across that entire game. Right. We just lacked the finishing touch. Yeah. That game could have easily been three or four one to Louisville City. Yeah. You know, OKC's only real chance was that goal they scored. Yeah. If we're being honest. And, and uh, yeah, it was, and they had like the next shot. I don't think they had a shot until like two minutes before the end of the game. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day, though, let's get a point and get the hell off that turf. Absolutely. I, you know, get I've the got hell no out of Oklahoma with that. You know, people say, look, I, I, should we have won? I think it's one of these things I was like sort of like two-thirds sad about it. Yeah. But then, look, it's a point in 90-something-plus degree weather 
on that in the middle, turf, on get that out. turf in the middle of a road trip. Come Just on, get out. You know, get out of there. Absolutely. I, and, and the and, and the last thing I would wrap up with Louisville City is where do I sign up to donate body parts I don't need? Golly, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that that list is well. I don't know if it got any bigger this week, but I mean, I I, I know Cam wasn't on the roster, right? Yep, Cam was listed out. Bone, Sharpie, McMahon. Uh, at least those four. Was Oscar? I don't even remember. Oscar was not in the 18 either, but I think that's just rest. Yeah. With him just coming back. Whew. So, yeah, wh- wh- where do we sign up and start donating body parts we don't need? Well, there's one body coming in pretty soon. I, ke- I keep watching online. Uh, it looks like Elijah and Joshua are both going to be in the lineup soon together. Mm-hmm. That should be pretty interesting. That, that, that would be very fun to have yeah. two brothers who are teenagers. <laughs> To have that many kids out there, because you you know yes. with Gomez and that that's three literal teenagers. That'd be crazy. But man, we will see. Anyway, look, still in first place. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so with a little bit of space, a little comfort. Still, still more than a game margin too. Exactly. Four points, four points abreast. You know, I'm just so, get through this and 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 get to the last and, four or five. And, you know, games. we get to look forward to the to the famous hallowed grounds of the LIP AFC. <laughs> Yes, yeah, big. Cannot wait for the next iteration, and I don't yeah. mean on the field. I mean the social media. Social media is the best, man. What next archive comes to the forefront of previous <laughs> games? <laughs> totally. We will see, man. But listen, we're going to end this part. Uh, we're going to get into the United States national team in a little bit, and uh, Joey, uh, we'll talk to you then. Yes, sir. Okay, before we go on with Ken, as you know, this is the Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Football Contest Week. And uh, Lipa FC. It's a lot of fun. The social media stuff usually gets really good. Um, we used to do a show, myself, Derek Davis, and Matt Owens used to do Beats, Balls, and Bourbon. It was a live video show that we would do uh, once every couple of weeks. Man, it was a lot of fun. And one of the things we used to do was we would have Bugsy O'Malley call in. Now, Bugsy O'Malley, in our timeline, <laughs> was the greatest player in Louisville. Uh, city history played I think he played 70 years for the team or something like some you know just regular Lipa FC stuff but he would call in <laughs> before games we had to do this like three or four times and here's one of those we're going to save the rest of them and a couple of the other things that we did for Lipa FC this is one of the interviews that he did uh, when when we had that show and I uh, love those guys thanks for doing that with me um, anyway I think you're going to enjoy it if you never heard this before here is one of the Bugsy O'Malley interviews. And if you follow Lippa FC, you know that the game's greatest player, and probably Louisville's greatest player in history, Bugsy O'Malley. And Bugsy has agreed to come on the show again today from Dublin, Ireland. All 113 years old of him. I thought he was from Dublin, but he now resides in Scotland. Did he move back to Dublin? No, I think he, no, he started in Scotland and, and oh, moved to okay. Dublin. And, uh, but he's going to join us today. Once he answers the phone, because it takes him a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello, hello. Bugsy, is that you? How are you? Hello, hello. Oh, is that you, Jack? <laughs> Jamin, Jamin, are you there? Yes. Hello. <laughs> You're Bugsy. Hey, man, how you feeling? Hello. How's how's how you doing, man? Is everything okay? I'm doing, I'm doing fine, Jerome, and things are going quite well over here. And how are all of you doing this evening? I quite do, well, I trust. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. I'm doing great. It was a pleasure to meet you a while back. The bruise from the whiskey bottle is totally healed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, uh, I know you watched the game last week, and at your age, how are you handling the excitement of watching an overtime win like we had last week? Well, you know, it's like this, Jim. 
In my 113 years on this planet, I've led many lives in times of great hardship and world turmoil. Did I ever tell you I was once a female spy for the British Secret Service? <laughs> no, that's not the, wait I'm a not second. A, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. All right, wait a second. I do remember hearing way back when we studied the war. Um, I remember hearing about a former female spy that was never caught or captured, who was uh, from England, and we never heard from the, her again. So wait, you're not going to tell me that Bugsy O'Malley, the greatest player in, in Louisville soccer history, was Rosie Scarlet, the Scottish harlot? One in the same, <laughs> sunny boy. No <laughs> okay, now stop. I mean, I'm trying to picture this. Okay, so tell me, at that time, already in the mid-40s, you're a, ver- you're a virile man. You're in your mid-40s. How did you pass yourself off as a buxom blonde bombshell? Well, you know, it was easier than you might imagine, Jonathan. As a laddie, I studied a long-forgotten form of Scottish yoga known as McYoga. And as a practitioner, I learned how to, by concentration and a few harrowing contortions, I could invert my genitalia, you see. So I was able to employ my life boyish frame and my upsy-downsy wedding tackle to become the perfect female spy for the ally. (laughs) No. That sounds, that sounds disgusting, actually. It's revolting. Uh, but uh, yet, I, I have to be honest, you have me on the edge of my seat. So please, um, Bugsy. Uh, I'm going to have to PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I mean, since you were Rosie Scarlet, the Scottish harlot, what was your most dangerous mission? Well, no. Picture it, Joshua. Ostend, Belgium, 1944. Okay. A German officer's club. Mm-hmm. Lonely men living on the edge of oblivion, hoping for some company, Uh a friendly face, and a quick feel of lassie's bum. (laughs) The scene was set for espionage and intrigue. They were putty in my delicate hands. No, that's nasty. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it was there I was able to canoodle my way into the arms of none other than Field General Jürgen Fapschmidt, the bold <laughs> juggling Kaiser himself. Wow. Wait, you, wait you met you, Field General Jürgen Fapschmidt? I mean, I, 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 he was the brother. Wait a second. That's, you're telling me you, the brother of Indianapolis coaching legend Maximilian Fapschmidt, the same one? The very same. Oh, my The gosh. very same. Oh, my. And over many bottles of schnapps. <laughs> Slow dances to Glenn Miller mm-hmm. and some aromatic pillow talk by candlelight. <laughs> I was able to suck the football strategies right out of them. <laughs> and that's what made Louisville the powerhouse that they were to oh, become. Oh my God. It was one of those occasions, George. I just had to take one for the team. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's dedication, Bugsy. That's, uh, and, and you know what? I guess we're, we're internally in your debt. <laughs> Well, no, no bother, Joe. You're all welcome. You know, we all just have to take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> so. so listen, I've got to go, Jake. Uh-huh. It's poker night in the rec room, and my Viagra is kicking in. It's party time. Party time. Party time. <laughs> Look, we don't want to keep you, Bugsy. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Bugsy O'Malley is actually a buddy of mine from school. His name's Billy Wilson. Uh, did that for nothing, and would call in and do that. Really, just a great guy, and... uh a lot of good times.
A lot of good times. Really love that show. Hopefully you're enjoying this. Try to take some of that and incorporate it into this show as well. So let's move on. Okay, let's bring in Ken Luther. Ken, how are you, sir? What's going on? That's very energetic. I do not feel energetic. You it's don't feel energetic. Act. It's an act. Yeah, man. Well, I tell, I'm telling you, I, I need a I need a job because I need to take a vacation from being retired. This is a lot of work. I may have one. I may actually may have a job now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, we'll what are you going to go do? Well, uh, I got a, I'm waiting for the final, uh, uh, what's the word? I've, I've, they've already taken the, the offer, the final offer. And I want to see it on paper. Mm-hmm. And we'll take it from there because uh, a couple big decisions if I pick, take this job, but we'll see. No reason. Are you going to gonna like do more like uh, computer coding yes. stuff? Yeah, right. mainframe That's stuff, and right. uh, may require a move, but that wouldn't be for a while. And then I have to decide from there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean these 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 things. That's how this stuff works. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, man, Nadia's injury sucks. That's just the dude. Ugh. What a blow to a team that seemed like, uh, and you know they'll still play hard, but they seemed like they were moving in the right direction. Yes, sir. And I'm not going to say they're not no longer going to move in the right direction, but uh, that was huge. I thought that was a dirty hit too, but you know that's it was just me. hard for me to decipher. I watched it like six times. I mean, I went back and just kept looking at it, and I was like, I, it could, you can interpret it that way. I'm not saying you can't. It's just. You know, and they have a bit of a reputation, apparently. I didn't know about that. I, I don't know if you'd heard about any of that as well. I mean, I saw a little of that online. Yeah, well, unfortunately, ACL's a big deal. And, you know, that, that may be the last time we see her in a racing Louisville uniform. Right, I mean, because when you have that injury, even when you're young, it takes, it takes a year at least to come back from that. She's 33, man. I mean, she's not a kid anymore. And that's a tough injury to deal with. I hope she's okay. That sucks a lot. It does. And uh, I was sitting here wondering, I wanted to get your thoughts about, look, I mean, there's no doubt this team plays hard. I'm really impressed with their their character, you know, but I'm wondering if the fans and those of us that are fans, maybe our expectations were a little higher than maybe we Mine should were. have, you know? I'll be the first to admit my expectations were higher and okay. continue to be high. Okay. Um. And I'll be upset when we don't meet those expectations. But the you know we win around here, right. and that's what we're supposed to do. So if we can't figure out how to do it this year, then we need to make some changes. And right. We need to get some more talent in, and we need to win next year. Right. right I think right. Uh, we definitely hired the wrong person okay. as the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. that is obvious. Right. Right. Now. Right. Does anybody have um, any vibe on what's going on, what happened with that? I have no juice at all, so I have no idea. But um, it, who I'm just going to say he's a shitbag and he should never work in the industry again. Okay. So let's move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. I, yeah. you know, I don't, uh, I just, my thing's always been this, going back, you know, being a sports fan since I was a kid. When you see expansion teams going back to the 70s, very, very rare that any expansion team has any immediate success. I don't care what the sport is, hockey, football, baseball. It's just so hard because you just don't have the talent. Coaches, coaching is only going to take you so far. And and it just takes a little time to build that up. That's kind of how I approached it. But I figured there's only 10 teams. 11 yeah, teams you know, some people tried to tell me to you know, curb my expectations. Like Lee, Lee told me to curb my expectations okay. and I didn't listen. 
of course. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but I can admit fault. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. But I'm 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 not uh, I'm a competitive person, and, right. I, and I don't want to accept defeat under any circumstances, sure, sure. regardless of whether you're an expansion team or not. Right. And that's just absolutely not. So uh, things are looking kind of grim. Uh, but you see a lot of fight in the team. Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna have fun for the rest of the year. Yeah, man. I think uh, there's a nucleus. There's definitely a nucleus they can build with. Kaiser, definitely somebody. Fox, a couple other players that you have a core that you can Olufsen, build. Yeah. McCaskill. Yeah, McCaskill's another even, one, definitely. Even Yuki came in and played well last game. I think she's last starting game. to find her. Last game. I mean, yeah. there, we, there have been a she, couple. Well, she was coming off an injury, and I think That's she's her, probably right? playing on an injury like right. uh, a number of those folks may Matthews. well be doing. Matthews is another one who's coming back. I think she's a, she's a yeah. great component to have on this team. I really do. She, CC was on fire last game. That was great. It's fantastic, and I think uh, I think a lot of people are starting to. Uh, and it's you know it always makes it hard too because you know you, you get to know some people and so on and so forth. You don't want to be mean. You just have to be honest, right? I mean, it's the way you. It's the way we talked about this before. It's the way you're critical, and people are. And and defensively, this team needs some adjustments. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're. I mean, I was very happy to see. Uh, Mario make some formation changes. Yeah, uh, I did also notice that the the warm ups, and I'm very interested to see what happens this weekend. But the warm ups, um, we got a home game this weekend, right? Yeah, I believe there's two weeks. Two weeks, I think we have in a row. I think. So you know how they do the warm ups, and then mm-hmm. they they pass around the ball, and they have the starters work on some stuff, and then they take shots on goal. Right, right. We didn't do that last really? game. If I, anybody noticed, I noticed. I didn't see that. We uh, we started running. Uh, 11 on basically one, which was the keeper. Right. Um, just they were just working on moving the ball from the defensive unit to through the midfield, okay. uh, to the strikers and into the goal. Mm-hmm. That was there, and they did that for about five or ten minutes, uh, as the last part of the warm up. And I've maybe this is a thing that's been done, maybe you know, soccer smart people know these things, right. uh, but I had really never seen that at the pro level before, so. That was very interesting, okay. I thought, and I'm curious to see if they're going to do that again. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a good. It's a pretty cool observation. I'd never, you know, I'm so busy. Well, I always, I always try to watch the warm ups because really? I like to see, you know, if anybody's, you know, it's kind of like watching, uh, watching the horses in the. And this is a terrible right. analogy. <laughs> I'm not comparing racing players to watching the you, horses they don't have in the, the paddock, know. but um, along those same lines, you want to see who's moving. You know, who's who looks like they have a lot of energy. Right, right, right. Uh, who you're going to watch? So I always try to make it a point to watch the warmups. That's a cool observation. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm so busy. Like at, the, at Louisville City and Ray, well, Louisville City games are playing drums, and I run away because I am a target. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> I learned my lessons. I don't stand I just, down there. I don't anymore. stand down there, but I just I go in the back and whatever. But man, that's pretty cool. I never, I never really noticed that before. I think maybe too. Um, this they looked a little tired, and you know this is a you know it's not the biggest roster, and it's you you're getting to yeah. the end of the season now. I mean, yeah, that's gotta that's gotta be playing. Plus, other teams bringing people like Alex Morgan off the bench. I mean, come on, we we just don't have that. That was. You know? ridiculous that was ridiculous who they were bringing off the bench orlando has has so much talent, talent. on their team jeez uh, it was unreal um in the kind of you know i think they 
started out the game really well, and then they started out the second half really well. Right. Uh, but and whoever the the announcer, and I guess we had to listen to the ESPN announcers or Paramount, mm. whoever Paramount. it was, oh my gosh. somebody from Canada, right? Awful, awful coverage. Sorry, I'm yeah. talking about the I'm talking about the announcing was, eh, but the actual equipment that they used, dude. But they had a pretty good point, which was we're playing a high press. Yep. Um, we're trying to get out of that four four two into a four three three, which is interesting. But that also means you got to play a high press, and and that's just exhausting. So if you have a limited roster, people playing on knocks, mm-hmm. um, it's going to wear you out. So we tried it, yeah. and you could tell that we kind of ran out of steam in both mm-hmm. uh, halves. But you got to give it to them. Yeah. I mean, they, they put it out there. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of the team yeah. and I'm proud of the players. As and I'm looking forward to continuing to build on who we got on the roster. And I think we will be able to do that. Yeah, I'm thinking you get you get a couple more matches. And, of course, you don't want – I'm not saying give up. But if you're looking, no. at, you're looking at the playoffs, if you're looking at that, I think we're six points back now with six games to play. Or yeah. something like that. That's that's with a our, big, with that, our star striker out. Star yeah, striker out. It's a big hill to climb. Not you know you never give up. Okay, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying if you're if you're going to drop some cash at the you know drop some cash at the betting window, uh, I'm just not sure you're going to be you know be putting it on them making it. I I you know I hope they do. Now the point being is that if you get to those last three or four games, and you know you're not making the playoffs, do you start shuffling in some other players and see what they got? I think you start working on your system and your culture. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, we, we lined up the last home game. I, I watched him, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, you know, of course, sitting right behind the bench. Right. Uh, and they lined, lined up with uh, Fox on the right in a 4 3 3. Right. I was like, thank you, Mario. And he looked at me like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, was like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I sound cool, don't I? <laughs> I love sitting where I sit. Yeah, those are great seats, man. Yeah. Well, so, we'll you know, we're going to have fun this season and um, we uh, we have a great culture. Yeah. Um, we had a couple hiccups, most notably yep. stupid ass coach that we hired. Uh, <laughs> so we'll never speak of him again. Life goes we'll on. Move man. on. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there you go. That's a little uh, NWSL racing conversation about the future. And Ken, uh, come on back and we'll do we'll talk about some other stuff. Cool. Thanks. Okay, who is ready for the most intense, deep, insightful, dare I say, sultry analysis of the greatest sports league in the history of sports? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you uh, the NLS moment. <laughs> such an idiot. Anyway, I only got two things because <clears throat> I, felt, I felt the need to share this with you. Here we go. There's a team in Houston, right? They're called the Dynamo. Every time I hear the name, the only thing I can think of is Dynamo Hum. <laughs> that Frank Zappa tune, which is a great tune. He was such a great musician. Oh, yeah, and anyway, you got this team in Cincinnati. Apparently, they're not the worst team in soccer anymore. Good for them, huh? They're the second worst team. Because <laughs> they beat Toronto, who's just awful, apparently. So Toronto's the worst, and Cincinnati's the second worst. So they don't get a wooden spoon this year. They get like the half wooden spoon or whatever you get for being the second worst team. But the season's not over yet, guys. Good luck to you. (laughs) Okay, it's time to talk about the United States men's national team with Joey Cecil. This is going to be wonderful. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) I'm still in therapy trying to get over that game. I hear you. I I just, 
Let's start, if you wouldn't mind, with the 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 uh, the opening lineup for the Honduras game. You got to be careful calling it a lineup because that is an insult to actual lineups. Oh my lord! When, oh. It comes out and we have some kind of formation between a three four three or a three five two that we don't play either. Right. With four people making their World Cup qualifying debut. Yep. And four cent- central defenders on the field. Jesus. One of them, James Sands, we knew was probably going to park up in the midfield. Right. My, and so then my assumption was he that. was going to be one of the backs, and he wasn't. So, yeah. You're right. uh, but the real problem was we only had three attackers on the field. Pulisic, Pepe, and Sargent. Yep. And in a game you have to win, you've got those three up top, and that's it. Yeah, man. That's right. where I started the Twitter movement. Hashtag Burhalter out, out. Dot 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 of his mind. <laughs> I didn't actually want Burhalter out. I was getting there, but out of his mind for sure. I I just I I listen. I'm, I'm stammering now, trying to make words that make sense. When I I'll first you this, saw that lineup, I just I've never seen anything. I literally I've never seen anything like it. I was like first it. confused, and that confusion turned to anger. anger. So I was like, this is what we trot out there when we have to get a result. Not a tie. Have to get yeah, a win. Result, keep yeah. pace. And and you know what? Our worst fears came to fruition. It sure did. You know, I just want to know how you give up an unmarked header when you have three center backs on the field. Let's talk about Brooks. Well, I I'm gonna I, let's put a pin in him. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I've got him towards the end of this. Okay, okay. We'll do that. My we'll ratings, do that. you know. Good. But fine. but just how do you give up an unmarked header with three center backs on the field? Those 10 seconds on that goal were about oh. the worst 10 seconds I've ever seen him play in my life. It is just um And go. then we never had anything going forward. We might have had one opportunity the entire first half. Mm-hmm. It was dreadful watching. Well, that's what we were saying and and, and we were talking I was like how do you connect to those three with that lineup? Yeah. You know, there was no yep. connection whatsoever. So, and then they were talking in the analysis. They were saying, look, look at the space between the center field, our central, our midfield, yep. and our attackers. Look at the space. So you could, you could park a planet there. Yeah. Oh, my and, Lord. And, you know, and you could tell Pulisic, Christian was trying real hard to dr- drift further and further back. Yep. But then he had, he had a, a litany of bodies he would have to run through to yeah. get the ball up to his two strikers. Yep. Uh, and it was just it just wasn't working. And you you know you know the biggest sign it wasn't working. Mm. At halftime, he admitted his errors and yeah. made three subs. You want and like I said, that first half is about that's about the worst thing I've seen since the Trinidad match. Literally, I've, that yeah. first half. I agree with left you. Me. I agree a thousand percent. And actually, this may have been more painful than that because we had the memories of Trinidad. Right. Right. And this was and this was a roster with I'm going to say more talent, more hope. Oh, easily. And you just come out and play that flat, and that's on that's on the Burhalter there, and that's why at halftime he admitted his mistakes. Right, and that's what he you brings on brings on Anthony Robinson, mm-hmm. Legette, and Aronson. Right, which he did this revolutionary thing, where he played a back four with yeah. more people in the midfield. <laughs> that is genius. What? Right out of the uh, that was the most creative <sighs> thing ever. Yeah, but that's why something I've said is you know what. We can celebrate. We can celebrate that tactical change and the impact the subs had, but let's not forget why they had to come on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the same thing I was saying. Look, we, we can talk all we want about winning four one, which is wonderful. I'm glad that you know Honduras broke, and teams yeah. like that when they're at home, which I was kind of hoping for at the El Salvador match, and I was saying it too. Just get one in the net. 
Get the yeah. lead, get one in the net. These home teams well, that play on hype, they break when you do that. Yeah. And, and, and what was did. so so great was we had that instant response yep. to those changes with Anthony Robinson getting a goal two minutes after halftime. Yeah. And great. what was so impressive about that finish to me was that's his non-natural foot. Yeah, that's good. That he just looped to the back post. Yep. And then I think after that you could tell it was it was all downhill from there. Yes, it was. You know, Pepe got that header. Which was that was just a release of emotion. Yes, it was. Because at that point you're thinking there's no way there's no way we're giving this up. No, you know. And, well, let me let me let me let me back that up a little bit. And and okay. I love the fact that Pepe came out and did what he did in that match. Aronson, mm-hmm. phenomenal. But let's be honest about something here. Yeah. Two things. Number one, here we go again with United States soccer fans looking for a fucking savior. Yeah. This kid is not a savior, okay? He's a component. Correct. He's yeah. a component that we can utilize. But let's be honest here. Honduras is about, their quality is a pretty good, maybe an okay mid-range MLS team. Mm-hmm. He beats, he plays well against okay yeah. MLS teams. Yes, he does. So let's let's put that into perspective. Well, actually, that's, that's sure. everything. I just, I, I American soccer fans drive me friggin' nuts sometimes. Peppy, yeah. Peppy, Peppy, that's great. That's great. It's okay. Now what? Yeah. Now when no, we, I, I anyway, agree. Anyway, you know, we, that's, I just want to put, I'm glad that he was so good. I'm glad yeah. that we have some excitement again, but all of a sudden, here we go again. We're looking for another Freddie Adu, and it's just whatever, you know? Or, or I'll give you another name, Juan Aguadello. Yeah. <laughs> Had one great <laughs> game against Argentina and then never did it again. Never did it again. Uh, but I agree. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, but you also cannot discount the half he put in to Absolutely. save. To save this cycle, sure. Uh, he was the different. He was the difference maker. Mm. He scored the goal. He had the assist to Aronson on what was just the backbreaker of that game. When yeah. Brendan Aronson slammed that goal into the back of the net, game was over. Yep. There's and it was it was one of the prettiest goals I've ever seen, just for the statement it made. Yeah, man. And I love the way he played. I'm glad that he's back in the conversation because he's got he got to, he was silenced a little bit. Yeah, and now, and now he's back in it. Very, so, very vocal I, part of it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up on your wrap up there. Sure. With, you know, it's great that our young core got five points in spite of their manager. Yeah. But let's celebrate that success while also looking in the mirror. Yeah. You know, one half does not outweigh the two and a half mediocre games of soccer we had to watch. Yeah, man. And that, let's include. One ha- people are going crazy over that one four goal half when we struggled. Through two and a half games previous to that, let's add another half. Let's add another three halves out of four in the Nations Cup, because yeah. we struggled against Honduras in the first half of the Mexico match. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know that's and that's the team. The reason I'm not mentioning Gold Cup is because Gold Cup is most of those cats aren't going to be playing. Yeah. So you take eight. You take those halves. There's only two of them that you look at and you go, all right. So I don't, I mean, I, and I try not to be too negative. A lot of people say I'm negative and I, I don't. I, you've got to be honest. Honesty is the only yeah. way to deal with this. That's how you get better. True. No, no, you're not wrong. You know, and this team is, you know, that, that second half is a wonderful springboard into the next three matches, which have to be at least seven points. They yes. have to be seven. You have to those make two up home for, games got to be wins. Those, yeah, you have to make up for those failings. You know, and plus we're playing Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Panama. All right, so we're not talking yes. about Mexico here. Yes. You know, the, the Jamaica is just, I know that, they, I think they drew, I don't even remember, but Jamaica and Costa Rica, Costa Rica's on a downslide. Jamaica's very yes. winnable. The, both of those games and, are at home. And Panama is currently tied with us 
Canada and Mexico at five points. Right. So this there's is, a there's a statement game there to put distance between yourself yep. and the bottom teams. It's got to be seven. It's got to be seven so, points if Burhalter, because anyway, anyway, uh, go so, ahead and talk about what you want to talk about. It relates to player uh, player performance so, and, and whatever yes. you want to do. So, go ahead. so who who am I in, intrigued by leaving this this three game window? Well, it's going to be Ricardo Pepe. I want to see what Absolutely. he does outside of this game. Absolutely. And what I loved was the stage didn't scare him. Right. You know, he showed up in that second half by himself up top mm-hmm. and took control of the game. Yeah. And I'm not even going to tempt you with this quote because I already heard your comments. It's too <laughs> soon for a statue, guys. Yeah, it's too man. soon. It's too soon. It's, just... uh, it's a great story. Yeah, it's wonderful. But that's it. Let's that's look... it. Let's let's see what he does against. Let's see what he does if he gets the run out against Mexico or right. against Canada. Yep. As opposed to, you know, if he plays two or three games next time, mm-hmm. he's got to bag two or three goals. Uh, you know, I'm also intrigued still by Brendan Aronson. Yes. Yeah. He has got that potential, I think, to be Clint Dempsey for this team. Yeah, man. Yeah. He plays in that pocket behind the front mm-hmm. and he showed it on that goal. Right. He made that in he made that 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 deep midfield run from behind the striker. Exactly. And that's part of what I was talking about is that you could talk about the, the it's not just the quality of the opponent, it's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the effort that you put in. This guy is just he just doesn't stop. Yes. And that's he also led us in goals for this window. Yeah, he scored against Canada and he scored against Honduras. But so was, he's got two goals yeah. in World Cup qualifying for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just shows up, Refreshing. he pops up. Yep, uh, that's early Clint Dempsey before he became a superstar. Yes, sir. Was Pre- you just pop up where the ball is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that was him. Yeah, I was also intrigued by our left backs. Anthony Robinson and George Bello, especially in that first half against Honduras. Yeah, man. George Bello was probably our best player. Yeah. It's a good call. And I love that because that's always been the position. Why was it created mm-hmm. for USA soccer? And I think we've got some we got some potential there now. Yeah. So right. now let's get to the sad part. <laughs> Who was I depressed by, not sold on? John Brooks. What man, in the man. hell happened what to you? In the absolute blue fuck. What man. happened to John Brooks? All three games. All three games. Was I'm going to go back to a Space Jam reference? Did he get monstered? <laughs> Did somebody take his talent? Oh like God, he was he was slow. He was flat-footed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't show much awareness. He didn't have that ability to ping the ball up the field like he's been known for. Yeah. And you really have to question when we come back to serious games. If he doesn't does, want to, does he have that spot? And I don't think if so, I'm no. not Greg Berhalter, if yeah. I'm in Greg Berhalter's spot, I question that. Yeah. I just, but again, ugh. who do you start back there? Because we're so young. Yeah. At center back. I, don't I know, love man. Miles Robinson. I yeah. love the the strides he's made, the experience he's he's shown. Mm-hmm. But man, we need someone to step up on that back line. What the hell happened to Miazga? It's a little off I, topic, I, but it's knows. not really. What I think part of it is is that he is forever in the Chelsea loan army. Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't get sure. consistent time anywhere. Yeah. So, but I also think I also don't know if that's the best play next to a Miles Robinson. No, I don't think so either, but there's um, there's there's a potential to move a couple people around where he can he can sure. having him and, and his abilities are benefit. Sure. Oh uh, you know, gosh. you've got Walker Zimmerman too who was solid in the Gold Cup, mm-hmm. but I think that is the most necessary duo pairing for Burhalter to figure out before the next window yeah. is who's going to be that back to. Yeah, because and you know what? I think a diamond in the rough we're missing is Tim freaking Ream. Yeah, man. I'm kidding. I'm also half kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, that was Joey Cecil, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for... 
Um, but but you know, let's get serious again for a second. Another person I was disappointed in is Weston McKinney. Yeah, yeah. I question I questioned him as a leader. Oh yeah. After what? After what he after did? Twice violating <laughs> protocol twice, and not the first time he's done it. It's so uh, stupid. It and I'm going. You know what? I question your maturity and leadership on this team. Mm-hmm. When that was before the Canada game too. Yeah, and, and, and just know? and then you know Charlie Davies when he was talking about his issue. And what happened to him and what he did, actually. I mean, what happened to him is part of it. But what he chose to do that put him in that position, that was pretty poignant for me. I, I You know, I, I was yeah. nice to hear him say that. And hopefully McKenney hears that because this is him stepping on. This is him. This is him taking a hammer and smashing himself in the foot because. Well, it's not just that. It's him putting himself before the team. Right. And everybody sees that. Not just him. In, not just here. But I mean, he's in Italy too, right? I mean, that's where he's playing. Yes. I'm pretty sure. And he's violated protocol in Italy before. There you go. It just doesn't and make it's any just, sense. You know, at some point you have to grow up yep. and put yourself, put the team first. Yeah. And I was just very disappointed in him as a potential leader of this team mm-hmm. by doing that. Because yeah. that also hampered our central midfield for sure the did. rest of those games, which yeah. was a problem for us. And somewhere we need to get deeper. We need to find some guys there. Right. Uh, I questioned where the hell is Eunice Musa, who played a lot for us in the summer yeah. and hasn't been called back yet. Hmm. You know, and the, the other thing I'm not sold on is Greg Berhalter's tactical acumen. <laughs> yeah. You know, after that lineup, that. <laughs> after that lineup and how we played those previous two games, there are not just questions. There are demands. Yeah, man. You know, what are we going to do different? How are we not going to have this repeat? I don't know. So, mm. you know, just to wrap up, you know, it's mm. great that we got the five points out of those. Two and a half terrible games of soccer. Yeah. But, man, this team has got a grit and a resilience to them I like. Yeah. yeah you you know, they could have easily folded, folded at right. Honduras. Totally. Loud crowd on the road or down however many guys. They didn't. They got a great grit and resilience, but now we need to take that next step in learning how to turn draws into wins. Totally agree. I got to ask you about one more player, too, Sergeant. Yes. I, I'm a little... I'm... St- I'm they, now look, some of that has to do with some of the midfield stuff, yeah. Because you got to get him the ball, but at the but same he's time, also he's so happy to drift back, yeah. And we don't need that out of a striker. Right. <laughs> you know, that's the mid. I'm going to use the Alexi Lalas quote when he got on um, uh, uh, Eusebio, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Busio. I'm sorry, Busio. About he was he was complaining about Busio coming to the back line to pick up the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on Sargent there. That's the job of the midfield is for them to be the bridge between you and the back line. Right. You know sometimes it's needed, but a lot of the time he is he is away from the goal scoring area mm-hmm. when we're trying to get the ball there. So <sighs> no, the, the the frustrating part is he's got the pedigree playing in Germany, yep. scores goals in Germany, Germany, and it's just been a player that has not been able to get that same form and ability going while he wears the stars and stripes yeah and And it's mm. it's only going to be more pressure that pepe looks so well when he was off the field too yeah yeah granted that was also other factors we put on a different formation put on different players but i think he's got to be a guy who's got to reassess his place in this team yeah is you know if he is he going to fight for this spot then it's time to start acting like it yeah we will see. Um, like I said, those these next three matches next month, huge. I mean, there's yeah. at least seven points there, and we're going to need them to, to get some separation. So, Joey, unless yeah. you got anything else to add. No, I'm just glad we, we, we didn't have to burn down U.S. soccer. We got a, we got the win. <laughs> and let's, let, let's take the darts away from the Greg Berhalter tactical board. For now. 
uh, just take the darts <laughs> away because I think either that or we need to get him a a, a soccer scene eye monkey that can yeah. throw the darts better. Right, right. That just but know. Uh, you know what? Just it was so much relief when it happened. Yep. But that's 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 not a feeling I I want to have to feel as a USA fan for a long time. Hear that? But at least it's something I know. Once again, we're here. Something to build on. So who knows? Anyway, man. Yeah. Really appreciate you uh, taking part in the show once again, Joey. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Okay, so as we've been saying, this week is another installment of the Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Football Contest. Lippa FC. I have to think about that every time I say it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I love this week and I love seeing the goofy stories and everything like that. It makes it so much fun, which made me want to do uh, some, uh, a did you know that about sports rivalry stuff that I learned about. Many of these I learned about when I first moved out here, minus one. And we're going to talk about that first. So get your pens, pencils, a quill, iPad, whatever it is. Let's learn about sports rivalries. How about this one? Now, this is what I knew about. The Army-Navy football rivalry is amazing. My dad was in the Navy. My nephew was in the Navy. And you don't even have to be a, a football fan because that's the game that all of the guys and gals that are in the Army and Navy watch. <laughs> and it's it's great because, I mean, obviously you're talking about the best of the best people that, that go to those academies and serve our country. But um, they don't play for national championships anymore. I mean, they play for bowl games every now and then. But these are two teams that just go at it for, for, for one game. Then you all get together afterwards. God bless you all. Uh, here's another one. I didn't learn about this till I moved out here. Louisville, UK basketball. You all are crazy. <laughs> Man, for my friends out east that listen to this, if you start talking about this with friends and uh, they are fans of, of the other team, like one will be a U of L fan, the other one will be Kentucky, their faces will darken a little bit. <laughs> Oh, weird, man. Here's one I didn't learn about until many years ago. I, well, when I started following soccer in England, football, whatever. Manchester United, Liverpool, man. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's that, They really... Uh, <laughs> I have several friends who are, who are fans of both of those teams. They're not franchises, by the way, American sportsmen. But, uh, man, that's pretty intense. Here's another one I didn't learn about until I came out here. I knew about it, but, man, Auburn, Alabama football. Are you kidding me? Holy crap. Story, true story. It was a church I used to go to way back in the day when I first moved out here. Uh, one of the people, it was a couple, I forget if she was the Alabama uh, person, he was the Auburn, I forget. But their families didn't do holidays together <laughs> because they were fans of the other teams. It's, come on, come on, man. It's crazy. Anyway, and of course, this week, Lippa FC. Can't wait. So much fun. It's such a fun rivalry. I'm really looking forward to uh, coming to the match uh, this week up there. And uh, it's, I guess it's a road game. Um, but, man, good stuff. Did you know that about sports rivalries? Welcome back, Ken. Uh, dude, uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about this. We've never even talked about this before. Um, knowing that you served um, and me growing up literally in the shadow, literally in the shadow of the towers, uh, 9-11, uh, the time after that immediately. Uh, it's relative to what's going on today. And here's why. And this, let me just start this off a little bit. Because I think that event, we had a moment where things were, we were really tight, really united. And then there's been a series of events that have really not helped. And it feels, although I may be exaggerating how divided things have gotten. I really think that that moment was a catalyst for this, a huge catalyst for this. 
and um, and it affects the soccer thing too because we're always going to be dealing with these issues. We're always going to be dealing with how do you get a united sort of culture when you have such divergent opinions about some of these things. And I think 9-11 was one of those moments that was a, was a huge moment in getting us to where we are now. I mean, I've never asked you about where you were or what you were doing when that happened, man. What, what do you think? I mean, can I, can I ask you about that? You know, where Yeah, you I mean, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, I was in command of about 130 soldiers at Fort Stewart, Georgia. Okay. I think 9-11 occurred on a Tuesday, if I recall, mm -hmm. and it was in the morning. And uh, we were in our motor pool pulling maintenance on our rocket launchers because that's the type of unit that I was uh, in charge of. Right. And, you know, throughout the day we could, you know, watch the towers come down and yeah. we saw the in our orderly room we had the TV on and we, we tried to stay focused on our mission, which was to make sure our equipment worked. Yeah. Uh, but we knew that we were going to go do something as a country, whether or not I was, you know, I was in the third infantry division, which is a armored mechanized right. division. Right. So taking that in Afghanistan, learning from the Soviets, probably not a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. Canadians tried it later on. I right. can tell stories about that if you want. Uh, well, uh, yeah. But I knew that, you know, we knew who Osama bin Laden was. We knew he was a threat. We knew Islamist uh terrorism was a threat as well yeah, right, they, right. it's not the first time they attacked the the world trade center sure sure that's right they, it was the, when they tried to blow it up from the bottom that's right yeah absolutely 93. and i was working but, for an air oh, god i'm sorry yeah well i mean it changed my life because we were a lot more focused on getting ready to go to war yeah um it was a different fight than what the type of unit I was in. Mm -hmm. So I did not go to Afghanistan early on. Right. Um, where I think we made a seriously strategic mistake is Iraq. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, that's that, exactly it. But that was stupid. Yeah, man. And yeah. It, 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 we took our eye off the ball yep. and we wasted thousands and thousands of lives. Yes, sir. And, uh, that is what I think uh, uh, lost the war for us. Yes, yeah. because you know war is a contest of national will. National will is comprised of the people's will, the government's will, and the military's will. Mm -hmm. And when you put most of your effort into a war that was a war of choice, Iraq, yes, sir. and a strategic blunder, yep. you run out of will to finish off what you started in Afghanistan. I hear you. I think that it's and even before that, and that's that's a that's a great point because that's what I wanted to get to. There was a period of time after 9-11. I worked for an airline. I was a computer programmer at UPS, and my system that I managed was the engine system. Okay, so it was the engine maintenance system. So we I was on literally I was working nights for two weeks, overnights, and you know, just put a ton of hours in, and the planes were grounded. But you you know, all of a sudden the FAA's FAA is knocking on your door. You know, what do you have in place for this? What do you have in place for that? And, and I hate to say it this way, but I remember, because I used to jump seat. I, I, I had that ability because I was high enough management that I, would, I was allowed to jump seat on aircraft. And I remember saying in, two, in 1999 or 2000, like, dude, I, I could just walk in the cockpit here. It was yeah. so crazy. But anyway, I, I digress. The point being is that for that short period of time, there was, the things you're talking about, a national will, there was a national identity 
you know, on, you know, it felt like it. You know? Yeah, it was like your uh, um, Pearl Harbor moment. Right. Same thing. That's my, you know, my dad went through that, and uh, you hear the people from that generation talking about that, like we talked about nine eleven, and what you talk about the Iraq deal because I remember watching this on TV just as a civilian going like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> it was a year and a half later, right? That right. we decided to take a take a turn mm-hmm. and invade another country and antagonize Iran, right? Uh, which was idiotic because Iran mm-hmm. just fueled the Iraq war yep. and burn up all our resources Yes, sir. in blood, mm-hmm. soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines and money. Yeah. So they, they just, they took the wind right out of our sails. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I blame George W. Bush. I hear you, buddy. Tricky Dick Cheney, Rumsfeld and Wolfowitz. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, Condoleezza Rice and even, Colin Powell, who's to a certain extent a hero of mine, right. I blame them for that stupid ass blunder. Right, and I'm wondering, you know, we're we're, see, we're also seeing that the over the the past few years that there are there's machinations behind administrations that push buttons. I'm wondering how much of that the people that we don't know threw a lot of well, inf- you know threw a lot of information around too i don't know i have no idea it was the emergence of the neocons the neocons were predominantly led by people like paul wolfowitz okay yeah i, I don't know anything about it so that's what that's what i'm saying yeah and he was the number two at the pentagon at the time working for rumsfeld and, and they had this theory that democracy would be embraced and we wouldn't have to do anything to rebuild the infrastructure and in that part of the world Stup- right right i'm with you but and then the point is is that from that period on going on for another 10 12 years there seems to be this consistent fracturing and and it just gets worse and worse and worse and um you know you have to be very careful of 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 media consumption because they pick sides and it's really hard to find that and i think that that getting to the soccer thing i really think that that helps fuel some of the some of the antagonism and some of the divide we feel now i really think yeah they're there are a couple things that happened. Um, you know, you could say you could go back to the Reagan years to say where there was a, a, a growing divide between conservatives. Sure. It goes back to it liberals. goes back to Vietnam, literally. But sure, but um, I think what really kind of fueled it was the uh, recession in two thousand eight, seven, eight, yeah. end of seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the election of um, Obama, uh, which uh, people were very pissed off because they lost a significant amount of money in the housing crisis and and all of that, and a significant amount of jobs wrapped and ha- yes, you know, lost. <laughs> I got laid off during that period too. It was, man. it was terrible. So a lot of people carried anger and resentment into um, the Obama years. Um, which were left-centered politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the post-Obama years is is a result of, uh, you know, the election of Trump was a, was I think a result of what the recession did to the Obama years and and the continuance of the divide and yep. the use of media and social media to influence people's behavior and blah blah blah. I mean, that's. That's that's kind of what happened, and now we're kind of we're at where we're at, and and how do we manage it moving forward? Yeah. And I have no idea. Me either, and that's that's the one thing that you know I said coming back to the soccer thing. It's 
people's people that are online. I'm not even talking about the majority of people because I don't think it's the majority of people. I think there's you know you'll get ten thousand people at a Louisville City game. How many of them are on Twitter? Three hundred. Honestly, it's not many. I I have no idea. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Twitter's such a small little yeah, cesspool of, of of people that whine and complain about things, including myself. Right. Uh, Me too. So yeah, but it's just it, it, it's it's most people who are they're not engaging in these conversations. But it's it's the loudest people in the room that make it uncomfortable. I'm not even sure how I'm trying to say that because you don't want anything to happen at a match. That's the worst. The last thing you ever want, ever, 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 that you will never recover from, at least for a long period of time, is something bad happening at, a, at an entertainment venue. Well, like a fight or yes, something like that? exactly. You never, You don't recover from that. I mean, they're still talking Ooh. about the Who concert in the 70s for Cincinnati. I mean, you just, yeah, you yeah. don't recover from it. And, you know, you'll always be known as Giant Stadium back in the day. Same thing because the generals used to be the Jets fans burning friggin' seats on Monday Night Football. And all of a sudden, it was Jet fans are. And they're still carrying that. They're still carrying that stigma. And my concern is that someday one idiot says one thing at the wrong time and all of a sudden we're, we really are on the news. If you want news coverage, that's how we get news coverage. <laughs> That's how you do it, because if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, that's how the news yeah. works. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's it's totally possible that people could not keep their emotions in check. And, you know, everybody's got a gun these days, so somebody could shoot somebody else right. relatively easy. Uh, let's know. just hope that doesn't happen, right? Yeah, I know. And that's, that's part of what I want to talk to you about this stuff is just let people know that, you know, we have different angles and different stories and we have different whatever. But the point is, is that number one, I mean, talking selfishly, uh, you know, we're part of this Louisville community of soccer. We want to see it move forward. So that's what we're saying is that you just don't want um, something bad to happen at one of these events. And the more the more focused we are on the on the the fraction and or the uh, the separation. But and then the thing I wanted to leave this with is that, you know, you can focus on the good things as well. It's a choice, man. I really believe that people make a choice. You focus on because there's good and bad in everything. It's really hard. And most, I, I believe that you can find the good and bad in anybody. It's what you choose to focus on. And then you can find where you focus on that in everything. You know? Yeah. I, I find it odd that our supporters community spends more time. And we always have fighting with each other <laughs> than we do um, fighting with other teams, supporters communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is a sad state of affairs here in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think people just need to let some things go and just maybe focus on themselves and what their little groups can do better instead of going after other groups and being critical. There, There is a way to be critical and be nice about it and modify what's happening you're not. Uh, if you choose to work as part of a team in a network. Uh, but some people have chosen not to do that. And they just want to be loudmouth and critical, either online or, or whatever. And it's not particularly helpful. Right, right, right. Uh, if you don't like the way something is happening, then be part of the solution by working with others yep. to come up with something that's better. Better. And... <laughs> 
We as a supporters group community kind of suck at that. No, we're not. We're not good at it. I agree with you 100. We are not. Very I'm not good saying at it. I'm nice to other people because at times I'm not because well, I'm kind of fed up with. Some well, there's folks. degrees of nice. Nice does nice can be don't engage with people at all who are being shitty to you. That's and, where I'm at. You know, and that's that's kind of, well, that's what I do. I'm, I tell you that mute button, dude. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it because, and it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal to anybody that listens to this. Like the, I got the two accounts. I've got the podcast account. I've got the Groove Machine account. Um, people who spend a lot of time talking about political things or social issues. Or, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying they're right. It's just to me, that's static for what I have those accounts for. So you've muted me? No. <laughs> I have not I talk muted about you. political stuff. Yeah, but I just, when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're going on about Yang or something like that, I know what it's going to be. I just move on. <laughs> Right? Isn't that what? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Got me on partial mute. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying is that people need to lighten up if they read something that they're like, I don't know about. And I'm not a, a Yang hater or anything like that. I mean, I listen to what the guy has to say, or any of them, any of these political people. It's just that when I know it's not something pertinent to what I'm doing, I just move on. I don't have to stop at every corner. You know what I mean? It just get on with your life. <laughs> I I don't even think. There's a lot of folks that don't even listen at all. They just spout off their opinion of something right. without knowing the background or being part of the solution. Absolutely. Uh, and and if you're not part of the conversations that lead up to creating something, mm -hmm. then why the fuck should I listen to you after the fact spouting about a uh, about an opinion when you haven't been involved? We are in the same boat there. Fuck off. I can't. That's what I say to that. I can't, man. But hopefully uh, there's better times ahead for that and... Like I said, that nine, I, I tell people I, I focus a lot more on on nine twelve now because those few weeks, for lack, I mean, for it was a horrible tragedy. It was terrible, but there was a lot of beauty in the in that recovery moment. You know, we talk about Bush, and I'm no I'm no Bush guy either. Believe me when I tell you, but when he throws that first pitch out at Yankee Stadium, that moment is a huge moment because people just dropped all the dropped all the whatever. For a few weeks, that wasn't going on. And I guess a lot of people that are younger won't remember that election itself. You know, that was the one that came down to the dangling chads that went on for weeks and weeks. It was a very fractious moment. And, you know, you know. I, I get it. I get what you're saying is there was a feeling of unity, but then Congress gave him carte blanche to do sure. whatever he wanted, and, wherever he wanted in the world. And mm. that led us in the wrong direction. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. So anyway, anyway, that's the deal. Um, I, I appreciate you taking time to talk about this stuff with me. I really do. Yeah, it's been a tough 20 or so years. I mean, yeah. after 9-11, I did year-on-year -year off combat deployments yeah. for until yeah. about 2012. Yep. And that'll take its toll. Yes, sir. It will. And then... And then when you're done with that, you come back to a country that is fighting with itself. And you're like, why the fuck did I go kill people for this country when all you all want to do is kill each other within the country? What is wrong with you people? I'm with you, pal. So kind of pisses some of us off. But. I don't blame you. And that's why I stay out of it. That's most of the time I don't say shit I can't. anymore. I can't They're, stay out of it. I know. I, I know. I know. I'm, I'm talking about relative to what how you – I'm talking about your life experiences and what you did versus mine. I, I can't – what am I going to say? You know, all I can yeah. say is like, if, you know, I'm here, if anybody needs me to talk to them, <laughs> that's all I can do. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it's honestly, I know it's, I know what you're saying. I do. I appreciate that too. Yeah, man. So listen, uh, better times ahead and uh, absolutely you know, go to soccer games and drink we'll beer, drink beer and then drink more beer. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Peace. All right. Later.
Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Center Forward podcast is in the books. Really want to thank Ken Luther and Joey Cecil for being a part of it once again. Most of all, I want to thank you for listening. Really appreciate the compliments, the comments, the suggestions. Keep them coming, man. And to end it, you know, we talked a little bit about this whole 9-11 deal and how awful it was. Um, but man, there was a 9-12. And that's the day and the time after that, for that period of time. That's, that's what I like to focus on now and think about. It was such a horrific tragedy, but yet through it all, we found a way to come together as a nation for a period of time. And it was beautiful. It really was. And as a kid watching those buildings being built, um, because it was part of the skyline, you know, New York skyline was part of our childhood. It was right there, just a few miles away. Just, it's so sad to think about, but man, it's nice to think about those times where people come together, regardless of all those other things that divide us. Um, and just just live, you know, together. And you're just hoping for that again someday. I just pray for that a lot because I know, man, I know things are hard sometimes. And I know that people have their feelings about what's going on in the world and I share them with you, but there's also good. And what you focus on is who you are. If you want to focus on the bad, you focus on the bad. But if you want to focus on the good, that that's going to help. <laughs> you know, Man, I hope you do that. So once again, for, for Joey and Ken, this is Joe Valla, the host of the Center Forward Podcast. Really want to thank you for listening. Wish you the best. See you soon.